welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. In this episode, we're going to talk about the last subsection of performance improvement. 1.10 group dynamic processes. For group dynamics, the question is how do the interactions of individuals at work or those who learn together impact goals, communication, and team development when it comes to performance improvement solutions? So some of the learning objectives for this section are group dynamics, explaining what they are, explaining groupthink, and then understanding why group dynamics is important for improving performance. We're going to list strategies to ensure full group participation in team decisions. We'll talk about behavioral styles of individuals, and we'll describe a couple of the models around team development, the Tuckman model and Cog's Ladder, and the five stages of Tuckman as well. So group dynamics, the interaction of individuals working together, and this includes things like setting goals, communicating, making decisions, providing leadership, and resolving conflicts. All of these things we've talked about can impact uh, facilitation and stages of the performance solution, as we talked about in episode one dash seven. Check it out. Personal identity issues come in with questions like, do I belong? Will they listen to me? Will I be able to contribute? And relationship issues impact um, group dynamics. So this is, will everyone else get along? How will we interact with others from different departments, different levels in the organization? Uh, Will the working atmosphere be friendly or business-like? What should I expect? Will communication be open? So some ways to have that kind of setup is thinking about the practices we want that encourage inclusion. So inclusion practices for group dynamics really want you to have um, establishing clear communication methods and styles, uh, have an agreement and maintain focus on the objectives, goals, and mission of the team and the project with clear defined relationships. Assisting the team members with relationship building. So this could be introductions, icebreakers, maybe even social events. And then ensure the team members remain connected to the daily work and that project. Becoming familiar with any cultural differences and addressing these differences within individuals and within the team is critical for that solution to go forward. And then establishing a code of conduct. So what's the communication style? How will you manage conflict? What are expected roles in the group and their responsibilities? What's the consequence of a conduct or a violation of a norm? What will you expect your meetings and things like that? So an issue that comes up with group dynamics is group think. And this is a term I put in there from psychology today. Um, group think occurs when a group of well-intended people make irrational or non-optimal decisions. This could be from uh, conforming to some area or a disagreement or or any sort of dissent. So the problem with this is groupthink situations, members often refrain from expressing any doubts or concerns or disagreeing with the consensus. They stay with the status quo. So if a decision is made that uh, furthers groups cause or challenges that group, members in the group may not speak up. So we really want to make sure that groups aren't isolated or there is no lack of leadership because the group think will often come around if they don't have any ability to think beyond their own members. So this happens sometimes in highly um, cohesive groups or groups that are maybe uh, isolated from others, or maybe they have some sort of high stress from external threats. So they might just say, let's stick with what we know and not question what we're doing. Ways to potentially avoid groupthink in any sort of organization is assigning members of the group a role 
the devil's advocate to play. So you might want to argue against the consensus view. Sure, you have a note taker, but why not have a devil's advocate that points out critical things to consider on the other side of any opinion, interest, or idea? Create avenues for anonymous feedback. So this could be suggestion forms like you have at that suggestion box, but it could also be dropping emails after the meeting about further thoughts that you think of beyond the conversation in the group. This might come up with new ideas that are outside this group think. You want to provide mechanisms for members of the group to appeal and come to someone outside the group and say, I have a different idea than you. You also want to ensure the group uses process like that decision making. So we talked a bit about that in episode 1.7 on how others can contribute to ideas and give perspectives so we can remove that narrow thinking. And that's like our brainstorming, the nominal group technique, the affinity diagramming diagraph and interrelationship diagraph. So those sort of things help provide a process and explain um, how everyone will, will contribute. And it's not just one set of views we want to hear from. Another factor that comes into group dynamics and processing the performance solution is the social psychology dynamics. So that's the behavioral styles categorized by personality traits and how they process information, how they interact with one another. One common way to identify behavioral styles is um, we've seen before, like the Myers-Briggs inventory, or even the strengths or we, uh, strengths finder test, or even um, a few other methods. The one that's mentioned in the CPLP learning edition is the DISC personality profile. This is created by Marston, early 1928. It refers to the four basic behavioral styles that people take on. One is dominance, so direct and decisive, influence, optimistic and outgoing, steadiness, sincere and cooperative, and conscientious, concerned and correct. So the DISC has been um, something that's used in a few different ways, whether you're applying for jobs or you're looking for career options and exploring that. It gives you an idea of you, who you are. Um, you self-acknowledge how you respond to conflict, what motivates you, gives you stress, and also what how you work best with people to improve relationships, teamwork. Um, a lot of groups do this to identify um, best fits for team, maybe hiring employees. Um, so you want to think about that. I'll put a link to this a little bit more, uh, the DISC profile and what that is. Also, if you want to find out your DISC personality type, I put a link to a free sample test where you can see what you might fit in. It's not the exact test, but it'll give you an idea a little bit more. The other areas that was talked about in this section of group dynamics are two models. The first one is Tuckman. So this is a model um, known for around team development and how you classify your group into different stages. Tuckman invented this team maturing model into the four stages. You've probably heard it before, forming, storming, norming, and performing. This model was then updated to add the fifth stage in 1997, and it's a journey. So this isn't necessarily a linear model for development. You can move backwards, forwards, maybe be stuck in one of these areas. Essentially, um, forming is getting to know each other, seeking uh, ways to uh, have least amount of conflict. Your, your stage development is low. You just gain to know each other. Storming, they want to know who's responsible for what, what are the rules, are there hidden agendas, are there visible committees? Um, norming is where the team really gets to become an immersive group, and it's typically acknowledged by contributions from team members. Um, typically, the outputs of the stage are really high. There's less conflicts. People can make decisions, and they work through this process. And performing. Morale is high. This is a really great stage. Everyone feels part of the team. They have the capacity to do things, um, interact with each other. They're truly independent. Um, this is also a stage that where groupthink could creep in, but typically 
team members can work together and make thoughtful decisions with really high product- productivity and output. Adjourning is the last stage where team prepares for termination. So when you're going to wrap up a project, the goal is achieved. You might recognize the accomplishment, rewards, um, and they just disband because the team is not given a task that they're working on. So similar to this model, the other model was in was the COGS ladder. Um, the difference between Tuckman's uh, five stages there and what we're going to talk about next in the COGS ladder is... Um, all stages are natural. But however, the job of the leader is to move um, people through COGS ladder at each stage as quickly as possible in order to reach stage five. So they talk about moving them through or up the ladder um, is what they say. This, there are uh, four, five stages as well, very similar. Um, so you really want to get teams to go uh, up the ladder and several times before, and they might go back and forth between th- three and two um, several times before they hit sl- stages four and five. So stage one, it's polite. The stage when the team players try to make good first impressions. It's the honeymoon phase, as they say. Stage two is the why are we here stage. And this is when they're defining their purpose. They want to know uh, what they're supposed to be doing, what are the goals, objectives, and what needs to be accomplished. Stage three, they call this the power phase or bid for power. The team and individual's power phases are established. We know who's influencing, uh, who's competent, certain skills, and we see power emerging and who's taking leadership in this phase. Stage four is the cooperation phase or the performance progress, meaning there's constructive, it's positive. There's lots of dynamic interaction in this group and teams really start working together. Um, So this is a really positive phase. And then the final phase, the esprit de corps or phase or synergy. Uh, This is them proficient at things or working together. The team accomplishes things that members could not achieve on their own. Overall, both the Tuckman and the COG are looking to have high functioning teams, some to work on a project, some to perform in a specific way. And there's a expected pattern that they'll move through. This may or may not happen, but at least we get some ideas and apply it to group dynamics. Well, that's it for the last section of the performance improvement. Uh, let me know what you do to get your teams together, how you identify team personalities, skills, how they take in knowledge, what sort of assessments do you use, or what sort of models do you think about when you're trying to get your team to work together, form, build that team, and move into uh, that norming and phase or that cooperation phase. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like, and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.